Good Monday morning, my peeps. It's Yo Adrian Talks. And today I am here with an international speaker and author of Nervous Breakthrough. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Christy Bulware. Christy, thanks for coming on. Tell them all about you. I'm so excited to have you. Adrian, thank you so much for having me too. I think it's so cool how we are connected in the same community, but there's some really cool things that will come out of this for sure. So right? it's exciting to be I here know, today. I love it. <laughs> well, my name is Christy Bulwer and I struggled with severe panic and anxiety disorder in 2011. And for so much of my life, I was chasing after success and accolades and achievement and titles and money and all the things that I thought brought me so much happiness in life. And it wasn't until I was sitting on the sunny beaches of Cancun, sipping on a fruity drink, reading a gossip magazine where I had my first panic attack. And at the time I had no idea that that's what it was. It was something that just looked like I have got to get the heck out of here right now. And if I don't move, if I don't give it up, I think my heart is going to explode out of my chest. And anytime you experience something like kind of that disorienting uh, and you're in Mexico in a foreign country, it, it's it, it it's kind of like, what the heck is going on here? So I, it got so bad that I had to go up to my hotel room and something made me think like you need to breathe deeply. And I packed a really powerful fan. I start breathing into this fan and those long cleansing breaths calm down the stomach ache that I was having and the heart palpitations. And I, I felt dizzy. I felt like I was going to pass out. It lasted about 20 minutes and then it was gone. And I go back down to my friends who I'm vacationing with. And I'm like, I have no idea what just happened to me, but that was the weirdest thing ever. Well, of course my friend's like, Hey, we're in Mexico. You know, it's probably yeah, bad water. This is great. Have another drink. Whatever. Yeah, bad yeah. food, you know, whatever. Yes. And it wasn't until I turned on my phone when I landed in St. Louis. And at this time I was a corporate exec for medical sales, um, really high level medical sales, doing really well for myself. And I turn on my phone, I've missed over 200 emails and I start seeing black dots in my eyes. And I started getting kind of like this weird tingly feeling on the right side of my body. And I knew something was wrong, but I just couldn't figure it out. Well, it sort of snowballed out of control once I got home and sort of, you know, unpacked from the vacation. And it got so bad in the middle of the night that my right side of my body like got paralyzed. I couldn't, like I was having a hard time moving it. Oh my gosh. I know. So I call my primary care in the middle of the night and he says, Christy, I think you're having a stroke. You need to go to the hospital right now. And well, okay. Any piece you think you have at that point is completely oh, gone. When yeah. If you were panicking you, then now you're like full on <laughs> like peace out peace. Right. Yes. So I go to the hospital, they do the night, the, all, all the special stuff that you're supposed to do. Cardiac screening, um, MRI, they look at everything blood. I mean, they do the whole thing. They admit me a couple days. I mean, I, a little bit goes by and doctor comes in and says, Hey, Christy, guess what? Good news is everything checked out. Okay. You're all, you're all right. The bad news is you've got anxiety. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm gonna punch this guy in the face. There is no way that this is just anxiety. I feel like I'm dying here. Like it cannot just be anxiety. So he uh, dismisses me, discharges me with a prescription for Xanax and I go home and my life unravels out of control at that point. From this point in my life, I was a go get ya workaholic, pull my bootstraps up, get it done kind of girl. Nobody gets in my way to a girl 
that couldn't leave her bedroom because I was having back-to-back panic attacks. Hair was falling out of my head. My mom had to come watch my children because I couldn't care for them. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. And in my darkest moments, I had suicidal thoughts. And that was my journey right there of understanding and figuring out what is severe panic and anxiety disorder. Wow. And that is, I mean, that is a big difference in that quickly to go that quickly. But like you say, I mean, I, like I told you, I read your book very quickly because um, it was so, so much great information, but that it had been building up. It just finally hits you. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I think what I want the listeners to hear right now is we are all built with different thresholds for stress. And some people, I kind of like talk about like car analogies. If it's an older car and it has more wear and tear on it, you might need an oil change a little bit sooner. If it's a newer car that doesn't have as much wear and tear on it, you could maybe stretch your oil change out a little bit more. The same is true for our bodies. I was built like a, a rock and I could experience a lot. I could take on a lot. I could be a workaholic. I always had a side hustle on top of my corporate career as well. I could handle a lot, do a lot until my body said, "Mm, nope, enough is enough. So years and years of working too hard, never resting, going after all the things in life that really aren't what's gonna fulfill your soul, chasing after all this stuff that truly doesn't matter in life, unresolved conflict, prideful, all of these things is what I had. And my body was stuck in flight or flight. So what happens is when you have adrenaline and cortisol coursing through your body constantly, because you never rest and you're always on and you're always working so hard. What's interesting is when you try to rest, which is what happened in Cancun, I was resting and my body said, wait a minute, I don't know what this looks like. I've never experienced this because I was so used to going, 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 going that it literally looked at rest as a threat and then said, nope, this is weird. So it pushes up the flight or flight response at that point, and then my body got stuck in overdrive. That's where the severe panic and anxiety disorder diagnosis came in because my body was stuck and it needed to get unstuck. So that, that is what I'm, I'm so passionate about teaching people about smoke alarms because people will say, well, Christy, like, did you know this was coming? And it's like, well, no, I didn't. But now I do. Now I'm passionate about teaching people, hey, when you have intrusive thoughts or you um, can't sleep because of insomnia, because you're just rolling and rolling and rolling on your thoughts over and over, when your jaw is clenched, when you're sitting in bed and you're supposed to be resting and your shoulders are up to your ears because you're so tense, when you've got pain in the back of your neck or butterflies in your stomach, these are all smoke alarms going off. They're built-in blessings that your body has saying, Hey, pay attention, pay attention. Something is wrong. Something is wrong, but we don't care. Busyness is a badge of honor in this world, in this culture. And we never slow down and we just keep running, hustling harder, harder, harder until our bodies have a breakdown. So, um, this it's so important that we pay attention to how hard we're working and how much time we're spending working and what it's doing to our bodies and, and, and turning that around and paying attention to our smoke alarms. And I know we talk about that a lot, you know, throughout what my listeners would, I'm sure shake their head. Yes. Cause I'm always like, 
being busy doesn't always mean being focused and like you can have a very successful business and still take that time. Like I am very, uh, my afternoons, I take an hour for myself and it is my mental strength, like my decompression, my deal with all of that, because we push our feelings away. Don't pay attention to them. Like you said, these little smoke alarms are going off saying, Hey, pay attention to me. You're tired. You're stressed. You're whatever. And we just keep pushing it away till it explodes till it literally, you know, I always use the beach ball theory. We push it down farther and farther under the water. And when it comes up, it comes flying up. If you just dealt with it real fast, it just barely break the surface, you know? And, um, so I love that you're kind of sharing that same thing that like life, it's not about being busy. It's about finding what you want to do and honing in on that focus and allowing yourself the grace to enjoy the rest of your life and take time for yourself and take that break, um, you know, more frequently than once in Cancun when, you know, you're supposed to be enjoying it and it hits you like that. That is got to be scary. Yeah, there's a there's a, a a quote that I absolutely love. See, I'm a woman of faith, so my faith matters to me tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I used to be a CEO Christian, which was Christmas Easter only. I would that's all I cared to go to church on. And and it wasn't that I had a problem with God at all. It was just that I didn't need him. I didn't need him because I was superwoman. I could do it all in my own strength, and I didn't really have a need to rely on God because I was. I was it. I was God, the God of my life. And that got me nowhere but a nervous breakdown because Mm -hmm. the truth is we aren't in control. There is someone that is in control and his name is Jesus. And he Mm -hmm. is the one that is helping us get through every single day. And it took me a long, hard fall to realize that I had to take my superwoman cape off and lay it at the feet of Jesus, mm-hmm. because that is what's that's what's truly important in life. That's where you will find soul rest. He is the Prince of Peace, and that's what matters. We are chasing after all this stuff that we think is going to bring us peace, essential oils, yoga, uh, achievements, success. None of those things in itself are bad things. But when they're our number one and it when it's the thing that we're chasing after the most, that's when it's going to fail us every single time. You 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 mentioned the beach ball analogy, which I thought was really cool. I, I like to call it like the jack and jack in the box. Remember like the old toy, the jack in the box? You know, that one. And then all of a sudden it's like pop, you know, yep. here's what happens. That's what happens in our lives. We are shoving everything down in this jack in the box. It's like wounding, unforgiveness, bitterness, titles, achievements. Somebody said something mean to us, you know, it's like, you know, hurt from childhood. And it's like all just boom, 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 boom. It's just getting shoved down in that jack in the box. And for me, I was chasing after the approval of man. Mm Mm-hmm success was my drug of choice. So it was like, how can I prove to the world that I can be successful? How can I prove to the world that I am worthy? How can I prove to the world that I am smart, that I've got my masters, that I can make money, that I can be successful? Like it was this constant drive to prove to someone the applause of man that I was worthy. And when we chase after that every single day, it's exhausting. Uh, we're, yeah. we're, you are going to run out of energy quick. And especially because really, as you know, every man has different opinions. So there's no pleasing oh, all of them. <laughs> that'll preach. That's, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> no, it, it won't. And so it's, it's really, truly learning 
that the applause of one is all that matters. Yep. And I, I love that, you know, you bring that about, I know you say that a lot, like putting your cape down. I mean, like it is literally, you found your reason, right? Like you're helping other people realize that this is a pattern in many people's lives. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Just like how you changed from this, you know, striving for everyone to see you to like, Hey, like it sounds to me and I might be putting words in your mouth. So that's why I'm asking, but like you changed it to being like, I need to help these people like who are going through what I went through, which is a lot, you know, like that's, that means a lot. My pain turned to purpose and there's someone listening right now that has gone through hell and they don't understand that they're sitting on something that can literally change the world. And so I went through severe panic and anxiety disorder. And what I didn't realize with the comfort that God gave me, I could turn right back around and comfort someone else. It's truly like a pay it forward button. We Mm -hmm. all have a pay pay it forward button in us. And where your pain meets your calling is an incredible place to be. So I realized that that nervous breakdown is redefined as a nervous breakthrough. And that's where the play on words with the book came because now what I thought was going to kill me and wipe me out literally by suicide, or I would have a heart attack because I would never come. I would never make it out of this is now my life mission. It's, you know, now I have a nonprofit where we're putting programming out into the world and have written a book and have studies and retreats and all kinds of things to help people. So I guess what I want to tell you is your pain has purpose and that purpose could help change someone's life. So don't for a second think that all the tears you've cried, everything that you've went through, everything that has hurt you and held you back can't be used for something good. It absolutely can. And I am living, breathing proof that the pain that almost wiped me out is now the thing that I wake up every morning so excited to do and to help in my community. I love that. And it is, and it is so true because like, you're still going to have pain and you're still going to have moments like it never stops. And that's what I try to tell people all the time. Like emotions are forever and they're there for a reason. And like you said, they are like your little signals, your little smoke alarms, like telling you pay attention. Like you're sad right now. And so many people think like being sad is bad. It's not bad. We get sad. So we can know what happy is like, if you don't have one, you can't have the other. And sometimes just allowing yourself to be like, Hey, I'm a little sad right now is not a bad thing. (laughs) And yeah, anxiety is 100% that to me. So when I start feeling anxious, when the rubber band goes across my chest and I'm starting to not, I got to take a deep breath. I look at it as, okay, wait, this is good. This, this means something is going on right now that I need to address. And sometimes anxiety happens because we live in a fallen world and life is just really, really hard. And I always tell people, this isn't learning about how to be fearless, even though I have an organization called fearless, it's learning how to fear less in this life. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have worries. You're going to have fear. You might have seasons of depression, but You need to understand that it's what you do in those fear moments that matters the most. You might get knocked down, but are you going to get back up again? And are you going to realize that this fear that you're feeling right now could help 
catapult you into a new season of life or something that you're supposed to get over. I mean, the things that used to cause me fear five years ago don't cause me fear anymore because I've worked through those. Right. But now there's new things that cause me fear, right? <laughs> but hopefully as I build my faith and as I grow and as I learn how to handle these um, experiences, then it gets a little easier every time something comes up. Oh, for sure. And, you know, sometimes doing it with fear is the best way to do it, right? Like, because if you can plow through, like do it in spite of the fear, that is like you said, you've come all this way because you didn't let that fear stop you when you were doing those initial things that now to you don't cause a lick of fear, but now there's something that, you know, there's always growth. You're always moving forward. And so that's awesome that you have learned to do that and you're helping others see how to do that. Um, so I absolutely love this. And, you know, I always ask my listeners, so I want to ask you, or, you know, I always ask for my listeners, um, if there was one piece of advice, which I know you've given us tons, but that you would really love to share with them, what would that be? That success is not how the world defines it. Success is not about achievement, accolades, favor, money. Success is truly about being obedient to God. That's what matters the most. And I think that I had to learn it the hard way. I had to learn that my title, although it was cool, it didn't matter. That my master's, although it was cool, it didn't matter. Although I was making, you know, six figures, although that was cool, it didn't truly matter. What matters is that I wake up every morning and I say, God, what do you want me to do today? Because what happens is we get so distracted by success that we miss the woman in the grocery store that needs help. We get so distracted by our appointments and our social media feeds and all these things that there are people dying in front of us in their souls because we're chasing after so many things that just don't matter. And at the end of the day, what really matters is helping people. What matters is living your purpose. What matters is being a good human being and showing love and grace and kindness to so many people. But so many people are so interested in, in just the success of life, the achievement of life, the accolades of life that we just don't stop to really pay attention to what matters most in life. And I was going to say, because that was one thing that I really loved in your book too, um, looking from an outsider, is that you had all these people who surrounded you with love in the time that you needed it. And like, they did see that you needed that. And it's amazing how many people out there do take that time to go, wow, she needs something. And I'm sure there were people you thought you might step step up that didn't, but look, all those people that were like, whoa she needs our help right now. And we are going to jump right in. And I mean, I just think that says so much about who you are, but also about who we are as, you know, humans. I mean, humans care about each other and they want to help each other. So I love that, you know, you kind of say that that is exactly what we're supposed to be doing is looking around us and seeing there are so many people in the end, when you're lying in your deathbed, mm-hmm. you're going to be so grateful. You stopped and helped those people, not your six figures. That's you know, great. I just love that. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing with our listeners. And, um, like I said, your book really helped me, um, with my daughter and things that she has going on. So I appreciate you just bringing that whole, um, acknowledgement of anxiety and, 
the little triggers and the smoke alarms to others. Because like I said, I wouldn't necessarily have known this was going on with my daughter Mm -hmm. without reading your book. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for saying it. And honestly, I think sometimes people are like, oh, I'm not going to pick up that book because I don't struggle with anxiety. But you are the perfect person to to speak into that because I didn't write the book for the person that is dealing with anxiety. I did. But I also wrote it for the person that doesn't understand anxiety, that just wants to get it, that wants to help somebody, that wants to walk alongside somebody. And it, it, and it reads in such a way that you don't have to be a medical professional to walk <laughs> through it, read it and go, okay, now I feel like I have some tools and some resources that I can do. And, you know, just before we were getting on, I, you made my day when you told me that you were able to have positive, fruitful conversations with your daughter, because that's, that's been my hope of the book is that you'll read it and you'll be able to take it and, and do something tangible with it to help make a dent in this epidemic of anxiety and fear that's happening in our world. And, and I totally believe that I believe it will help people because it really did help me. And it was very eye opening. And that's what I'm going to, you know, Thank you for coming on and um, I appreciate you sharing and I'm going to ask my listeners to please come to the Facebook community with us. Christy will be on there too and share just, you know, what you got, what you're taking away and who you might have stopped to look at in your daily life that might just need that extra little something, a hug, a help, a hand, a shoulder, whatever. Um, please share that with us. Cause Christy and I would just love to hear about how this has helped you this week. So until next Monday, when yo Adrian talks, realize the powers within you.